one man's superpowers another man's kryptonite one man's kryptonite is another man's superpower superpower thank you person the same person's kryptonite could also be their superpower oh. m night Shyamalan. <laughs> you got Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first official episode of the Tough Get Growing podcast. This is a podcast where we're going to be discussing turning all of life's experiences into the opportunity for growth, learning from our past, living in the present, and growing for the future. My name is Dan Harris, one of three hosts for this podcast. I'm joined by my fellow co-host, the anti-aging Nubian Prince Kendall Bell. Namaste, namaste. And Every year's world's greatest dad winner, Jason Brown. I gladly accept this award. With that said, Jason, what are we going to be talking about in today's episode? Today we're going to be looking inside of ourselves and looking at honest self-reflection. Understanding that the first step of that is changing or improving whatever you're doing in your life. Looking at it, evaluating, and then building the plan on how to fix it. Which ultimately means that we are going to learn how to control ourselves through self-reflection. And just understanding that if you want to help anyone, you have to help yourself first. Hence the name of this episode. In case of an emergency, put your mask on first. We're going to be kicking off things with a warm-up question. Something we will be doing every episode and something that we will be encouraging all of our listeners to answer along with us. I would encourage everybody to... When they're answering the warm-up questions, keep a journal or a notebook because we're going to have tips and exercises you can do if you want to better yourself in all these areas that we're talking about. I keep a journal. That's why I got the LG Stylo because it's basically a note-taking phone. Kendall had his notebook earlier. It's good to go back and know that you were in a different mind frame. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. watching that growth along the way, it's like, wow. Talk about this most recent job I had. It was only six months long. The amount, like in my going away speech, which they gave me the opportunity, like I wasn't going to give a speech, (laughs) (laughs) to realize how much you change in such a short period, but also realizing that, you know, there's, it's, it's just a part of it. You know what I mean? There's still more to go. Like that excites me and motivates me for the next year and then the next five years. But honestly, I mean, think about like, so in the first year of the most change of your life, right? You were able to accomplish X. Now, With the next year happening, you'll already be in that motion, so you'll start picking up speed. So then you're going to be able to get even more and feel even better in that next year, and so on and so forth. So realistically, what was accomplished in one year, maybe next year can be accomplished in eight months. Yeah, I'm super pumped. It's the same thing with exercising. Tracking that progress is what keeps the motivation there. It's like, it's reminding yourself of the why, remembering your why, because it's going to get to a point where like, it's going to get tough, man. Like It's going to be hard to live life. You got to remember your why, why you're doing it in the first place. Remembering that first year. It's like, okay, it took a year. This was just a bad day. I get through a day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that if we set out to have these goals and then we don't accomplish them inside of a time frame that maybe we placed on it, then we feel bad about it. And then maybe we just stop altogether. I heard a quote and it was, once you start living a transactional life, you stop living a happy one. Like you just said, if I don't accomplish this in a certain time frame, I fail. And like just understanding that that's not the case. 
The amount of pressure that's put on the average person today is unrealistic, and especially with most people making less money than they did in comparison to the 1950s. You know, and then on top of that, having an unrealistic amount of bills now to have, not only your own personal phone, all your kids need phones, friggin' everybody needs the fastest internet connection and the newest phone every single year. And it's just overbearing. It's overbearing and overwhelming. And the majority of people don't want to do that, but they have to to keep up social norms. It's something to become aware of because at the end of the day, we forget about the things that really matter. You know what I mean? That's the root of a lot of the things that we see out here and the confusion on, you know, where we're supposed to be going as a whole in humanity and being leaders for this future, you know, for the kids. And I'm always going to go back to the kids when we talk about these things because everything that we do is a reflection that they see. So I like to remind myself and everybody of that. Remember your why. I'm always going to come back to it starts with you. We have to get out of that mindset of comparing ourselves to other people. Focus on you. Everyone's different. And that is what episode one's about. And I feel like once people get through this whole process, like the objective is to let people know that like once you're sort of healthy, I guess, in all these dimensions of wellness, you just, you get to the point where you're just like, you don't care what people think. It's like, you're so good in all areas. You realize that people's opinions don't matter. And this whole pressure of society is like, wow, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to put your energy into what they want you to put it exactly. into. The only thing anybody has control over in this life is the amount of energy you put into anything. Like that's it. Not a bad rabbit hole, but let's get back to the warm-up question. So this is going to be a two-parter. Warm-up question number one, Jason, what do you consider to be your greatest strength? My endurance. I think that no matter what has been thrown at me, regardless of how I have to get there, I'm going to get it done. I like that. He only has one gear. Go! (laughs) Charlie Sheen. Seriously. It's true. Yeah, no, since I've known you, you've been just like, how do you function? (laughs) Right? High energy, man. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Okay, Bizzle, what's your greatest strength besides being super handsome? You're always making me blush, Dan. I would say my level of empathy. It helps me connect with everything on a deeper level and helps me see the root of the things that I need to know in order for me to progress in life and evolve. That's a superpower. It is a superpower. It's something that I feel is underestimated in the terms of power and strength. It takes a lot of love and a lot of pain in order to attain it and fine tune it, but you got to grow through it in order to receive it. You know, and that's what strengthens your level of empathy. Empathy is pure, unconditional acceptance. And so that's cool. So yes, empathy is like a self-checker, you know? Yeah. You stole my answer, by the way. <laughs> mine, was, mine was very similar. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dan, what do you consider to be your greatest strength? <laughs> you don't get to ask the only question. I feel like you, I feel like you rushed it a bit. We'll work on that. That's a growth area. Take two. <clears throat> Excuse me, hold on. Dan, what do you consider to be your greatest strength? That's beautiful. I was going to say empathy. No, mine, it's kind of similar. My genuine ability to interact with everybody. Yes. Everybody I meet. I that is definitely a superpower. Yeah. It's connection, yeah. Like I, I, when I walk down the street, like if I make eye contact with someone, hey, how's it going? Like I had, I do the same thing. A lot of people don't say it back though. Yeah, it's great, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, because that's what I choose to put my energy into. 
like you said, putting positivity out there. And so I'm a social person. I like talking to people and I really genuinely listen to them too. I remember Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing. He's, he's a recovering addict. I'm a recovering addict. And he said, whenever you're having a really bad day, the best thing to do is to call somebody, ask them how they're doing and genuinely listen to their answer. And it automatically makes you feel better. And when I heard him say that, I started doing it during my recovery and it worked. At the time I was just like, oh wow, it's cool. It worked. So I just kept doing it. And then having done it for so long and understanding why it was because I was developing empathy and it is a superpower. Empathy is like the epitome of acceptance. So like if somebody does something bad, if you can just put yourself in their shoes just for a moment, you don't have to agree with what they did and the decision they made, but just understand that there's a lot of stuff going on in that person's world that made them do whatever they did, make the decision or whatever happened. So like it just, it made everything easier to accept. I don't know. It's just, it really has helped me with living life on life's terms, I guess. But it's come from my greatest strength, which is just being a social person. So like my ability to just connect with people. With that said, though, a more difficult question for some listeners. Jason, what do you consider to be your largest growth area? I would definitely say empathy. That's something that even at a basic level of driving around the city, I get frustrated very quickly and, I don't know, just turn aggressive, not not on a major level, but just say things and then I catch myself doing it. So I try to center myself real quick and realize to have that. You know, just like I said, because that's at a basic level, trying to just understand another person. I think a lot of my frustrations come from that, not having enough understanding for others. That's fair. It's a good observation. Kendall, what do you consider to be your largest growth area? I would say doing what I say I'm going to do all of the time consistently. And I have been working on that for a long time now. Like I'm here doing this. I used to talk a lot and not really pay attention and listen to the things that I needed to hear because I wasn't really listening. And then I started listening and I started acting. And each day it gets stronger and stronger. So yes. Dude, are you like reading my paper? What do you mean? Because I literally was like, are you stealing my answers? Telling you, Dan, we, we share the same heart, bro. Same powers. With that said, you have to ask me the question now, so I can just repeat what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, what do you consider to be your largest growth area? While I love interacting with people and communicating with them, like you said, I don't listen enough, I think, because I'm always talking. It's not that I don't listen. Whenever someone's talking, I'm listening. I definitely am engaged and I want to, I'm genuinely interested in what they're saying, except I probably don't give them enough room to say it. That's something I've been working on. I think I've gotten better at it. Thanks to Adil, shout out, who was my supervisor at Year Up, who the very first growth area sort of feedback session was, you know, take space, make space. Sort of taking a moment and somebody asks a question or something's brought up. And if you have an opinion, just kind of taking a moment. It's like, okay, I have an opinion. Wait 10 seconds. Let someone else voice theirs. And it also gives me a moment to think about what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure what I'm saying is relevant and... Maybe someone else will say it, and then I can just add on to it. I'm also someone who loves to learn, and so it's hard to learn something new if you're the one talking all the time. And so he he had mentioned that to me, and I think it's always going to be a growth area because of how extroverted and interacting I would like to be with people. And it's just, like you said, listening more or giving people an opportunity for me to listen and learn from them. Yes. So it's a double-edged sword. Like you said, someone's kryptonite and their superpower is Mm -hmm. the same thing. That's sort of what it is for me. You're a crypto man. I'm crypto man. Yeah. 
the power of awareness, we have to always remain aware of the things that we are doing and we are emitting. We're just self-reflecting. goes right back to that. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. How often do you do that? Wreck myself or check myself? Both. I mean, I want to stay on par for like four and four a month. Four wrecks a month? Four wrecks and four checks. Four checks. I mean, because after said wreck, the check is in order. And then how often do you utilize your chiggity check? You know, you, you got to really pull that out on special occasions. You don't want to chiggity check too much. Yeah, no. You can chiggity chiggity check. If you chiggity chiggity check, you're definitely going to riggity wreck yourself. And then you're out of commission. You get four wrecks, but if you get a riggedy wreck at the beginning of the month, you've used up all of your data. You get no more wrecks or checks because you've checked out. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wanted to add on to mine, though, too. So I've been working on the empathy thing, but I think patience is something now that I've been trying to get more into, too. Patience with myself, my kids, a lot of different things. What's crazy is I think, kind of similar to mine, your superpower is also your kryptonite. Wow, what are the odds we're both kryptomans? So, with that said, Kendall, let's let's dissect yours now. So, you said your greatest strength was your empathy, and your greatest growth area is what now? Doing what I say I'm going to do. Following through. So, while you care about people, you're almost not... Taking the time to finish what you're doing. Exactly. Oh. Thank you. See what we did there? Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan. <laughs> what are you doing to work on uh, following through? Right back to what Jay's saying, being more patient, being more kind to myself and, you know, not really neglecting the things that I need to do in order to attain this. Go from A to go to B, you know? It's just following through with it. Following through. Do you make checklists in your notebook? Do you make like to-do lists? That's what I'm doing now. Okay, cool. I got three of them now. Another reason why it's important to track your progress. But that's another big step for me. It's a nice notebook too. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to have stuff on your phone. It's also good to actually write things down. And Absolutely. That's what helps me remember. I, I write it. I read it. I say it. It resonates. Yeah. I learned that early in school. I want to say Miss Galo taught me that at sixth grade. So thanks, Miss Galo. I respect for putting up with me. I didn't realize how unorganized I was until I was around <laughs> you guys. So thank you. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to admit that. I understand that everybody's my teacher, so I respect you as a reflection of my growth. That is like my ultimate kryptonite superpower is because I am diagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder. And first of all, I get I have to get this out of the way. Anybody who says, oh, I think I'm a little bit OCD, it's the most annoying thing to hear from somebody who actually is diagnosed with OCD. Everyone who hears that who has OCD wants to punch you in the face because there's no such thing as a little OCD. I'm a little obsessed and compulsive. Like it really, it's an oxymoron. That's going to be Dan's t-shirt. I don't want to punch you in the face. I don't want to punch you in the face. But your face is kind of saying otherwise. <laughs> um, no, but like that's, so when I started reading up on it and started learning about it and, and started developing these little things I do to alleviate, it's almost like trying to sleep at night and just hearing like the water drip and it's just, oh, somebody turned it off and you can't. We, we can say that for another episode, but that's what's got me organized when I started realizing like making lists and it just occupies my mind on something super mundane enough to calm me down and then I can focus more. So again, another reason I encourage our listeners to track your progress, use a journal. It's just so good to get stuff out. You got to admit it first and work at it every day. Hashtag keep it real with yourself. Oh, we were talking about it yesterday. I'll sure it'll pop in. I want to get to Jay's though. Your patience. What? Are you, how are you working on it? I'll notice when I'm kind of getting fed up with something or acting a little aggressive or hostile and I'll try to 
recognize it. And depending on where I am, what I'm doing in that instance, I will sit and think about it for a second, meditate, talk about it with the person I'm feeling that way about. It's really situational, but more frequently with my kids. I don't want to yell at them, you know what I mean? And I don't want them to think that being yelled at is something that is regular. So afterwards, I'll always make sure to apologize to them, you know, sit down with them, say, this is me dealing with my stuff. And just because we're working on you doesn't mean I can put my stuff on you. What you just said, I notice it all the time. Like I've seen you be like, because they're kids and they don't listen. It's almost like their job not to listen. And I remember every single time you've ever like reprimanded them. You've always, like a couple minutes later, we'll pull them, hey, come here. And you explain why. And be like, this is what you were doing. Do you, do you understand why I felt? And I apologize if I came off too. I'm like, damn, my dad ever did that to me? I shit my pants. <laughs> He's just going to be like, get it together. You have to explain to them. Like, yeah. You my children. Yes. You, ha- you have to. You know, we were just beat or yelled at or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we're from another time, mate. And I, but I don't want to put that anger into them either. Yeah, you know, we I, don't. Like, I have my own anger issues and that's something I'm working on and having that patience and understanding that they have their own stuff to deal with. They don't need my stuff. That's a perfect way to work on it. And it all revolves around love and understanding. It's like three birds, one stone when you said it. You were just like, you're working on your patience that way. They're learning and understanding why. And you're also being a super awesome role model, especially as a man, because you have two young men. Like you lead by example. Thank you. Something my dad did, but not as vocally. He would be like, that's wrong. This is right. And then he'd do what was right. Led by example. I also think, especially with the generational thing, like there's so much more happening today to kids from shutdowns and pandemics and all this craziness. And I want to break it down to them at a basic level because they deserve to know it's confusing for me, let alone for them. There's a lot going on. They've gone through a lot. Yeah, all of us have. All of us have. But I couldn't imagine being 13 right now. It would be confusing and aggravating and just infuriating, really. Because at 13, you can't contribute anything to the world. You can be a great son, you can be a great brother, daughter, but like you are still building yourself up so you can help the greater cause. And that's got to be terrifying too. And then not even being able to go to school to get better at what you're trying to do to help. Well, like we talked about, it comes down to be the change you want to see in the world. At the end of the day, in case of an emergency, put your mask on first. Gotta help yourself first. You can have the greatest of intentions and really won't matter in the end. Sometimes the best thing to do is just let go and focus on you. There's going to be people out there, like I said, that aren't going to be willing to accept what we're talking about or even change for themselves because they've become comfortable in that way of life, comfortable in the misery. And hopefully one day they can find their way out of it. And if they can't, that's on them because some people aren't going to listen. The reason it's so hard is because there's nothing easy about realizing that you are the one who is holding you back this entire time. When you're not successful, if you don't accomplish something, if you're not happy with where your life's at or what's going on, it's really hard to accept that you're the person who is responsible for that. Not saying that there aren't other aspects and situations and things that's happened in your life. Not saying you weren't dealt the best hand and you fucked it up. It's just understanding that you're the only one who can hold you back. It's very difficult to do, but it's possible, it's amazing how we can change perceptions or realities. Whatever we perceive is what we receive. If it's not aligned with what helps us grow, then we should just throw it away and just change it because that's what we can do. Nobody can change us. I create my own universe. Absolutely. Instead of perceiving it as the universe that's been put in front of you, make it your own. Yes.
Nothing existed until it existed. Yeah. And I, so I, this is what I teach my kids, right. man, because I want them, I don't ever want them to stay stuck somewhere thinking that they don't have the ability to change it. That's what we have to continue to make sure that they're aware of because that's a superpower right there. That's that double-edged sword again. There's nothing easy about realizing you're the one who's been holding you back, but there's something extremely empowering in realizing that you're the one who has control over what happens next and how far you go and how far you can take it as long as you're willing to put in the energy. If you put in the effort, you can change your universe. You literally can change your entire universe. So going back to that uh, growth area question, I think that's like a multi-layered question. If you're continuously growing and trying to become the greatest version of yourself, there really is not one thing. What are you working on right now? Forgiveness. Forgiving those who have viciously hurt to the highest degree of anything. Wishing them healing. Wishing them light and love. And receiving an apology that you're never going to get. And being okay with that enough to help yourself heal your wounds. I have been putting a lot of energy into it. I have been consciously aware of it, and it's helping me see the light in the situations and the things that I'm going through right now. I know that I have the power to transmute this energy into whatever it is, so I'm here. All of these things that are coming through are just showing me the way. It's the power of forgiveness. That's what I'm practicing right now. Healing myself through love is ultimately what forgiveness is. For me, it's more letting go of stuff, but realizing that people are going to do what they're going to do and you have no control over that. And not carrying that baggage around for them is lightning. Resentment is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Mm. Yes. This will get them. (laughs) (laughs) Did either one of you ever do the 12 steps? I did it because they told me to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were parts of it that really resonated with me, you know, and for me, it was more, you know, talking to my grandmother about things. It's basically the same thing that I did. It's just a more personal. You know, the whole purpose of the 12 steps is what we're talking about. Develop emotional intelligence and resilience and being able to live life on life's terms and accept things the way they are. And once you're able to do that, you don't need drugs or alcohol or anything to sort of alter your reality. Russell Brand said, he's like, I don't have a problem with drugs. I have a problem with reality. Drugs and alcohol were the solution. And so once he was able to live life on life's terms, accept reality and handle it like we're talking about, you don't need those things anymore. This is kind of a version of what that is. A lot of the things you were talking about with forgiving people, even though you know it's not going to be reciprocated and being okay with that. And forgiving yourself. Yeah. There's no one right route to do anything. I've done 12 steps five different times and I've done them in different orders and spent more time on one step than the other each time I've done it because I think the 12 steps is a continuous thing. Once you go through it once, you're like, okay, you do it again and you realize new growth there is. And it so, makes you focus on self. It makes you focus on self. Exactly. In the first step to getting clean, you got to admit there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Something's broken. You got to evaluate. You got to put your mask on first. It's easy. It's 2020. You should be used to wearing a fucking mask by now, right? Just put the mask on. So, after listening to each other, all our our strengths, our growth areas, what we're doing to work on those things, is there anything you learned or stuck out today that you can use to apply to your overall continuous growth? I'll start if you guys don't mind. So, the one thing I did learn, not learned, but it was more of a reinforcement for me, is that there are so many different ways of growing. 
And so understanding that what works for me may not necessarily work for Kendall or Jay. And that goes back to my growth area of when I take that time to sort of sit back, letting someone else voice their opinion on the matter, that could be the one that sinks in or clicks for you. Not only is everyone's path different, some of them are longer, right? Because they're different. Like, so it's going to take time. It's going to be different for everybody. So with that said, during our conversation today, what's one thing that you think you'll be able to utilize moving forward to like continuously work on your growth areas? What Jay was talking about patience, it was helping me understand that patience is also a key component to me accomplishing, you know, what I'm trying to do in this life and following through and listening and paying attention. It clicked. And then you were talking about the empathy and the empathy is the fuel. And everything you guys said to me today was reassuring me that everything that I already feel at my core is right. It's going to keep me on my same path. Because every time we sit down and we have these talks, no matter what, I come out with something to help me navigate through this world and do it with a smile and dignity. And I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Jason. I am reinforced with the fact that I have two really good friends who are strong role models, strong people who value themselves and value others. I was reinforced with the beliefs I have and the steps that I'm taking to try to make myself better and that I'm going the right way and that I'm doing the right things. And even though the journey is long and it is hard, it is worth it at the end. Thank you for joining us on this never-ending journey of self-transformation. I hope you enjoyed part one of chapter one. Stay tuned for part two. Also, check out the website, toughguardgrowing.buzzsprout.com. Follow on all your favorite social media platforms everywhere you want to hear us. Subscribe and spread the word. Spread love. The same person's kryptonite could also be their superpower. Oh. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> you got Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one.